what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm your other co-host, Ryan Buell. And, uh, yeah, this is our second run at this. Um, We're joined once again by Corey Tyndall, former co-host. Hello, everybody. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Good. Uh, So, we tried recording this two weeks ago. And what happened was the audio was super <laughs> off and I didn't know how to fix it. So hopefully that's mitigated now. And uh, if not, this is what you have to deal with. Yeah. Um, yep. But this is was, what you get. It was maddening. Like it was it was not OK. Mm. Uh, so we're back. Bad. We're here to talk about Rogue One. Hopefully you still give a crap about Rogue One. Uh, yeah. So before we hop into all that, what have you guys been watching this week? Merry Christmas, by the way. It was Happy just recently Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yep. Um, yes yes yeah Corey, what have you seen recently well you don't want to give me a soapbox right now because there's only one movie i want to talk about so i i'm gonna say my piece and then shut up but if you haven't seen la la land go see la la land it's incredible one of the best movies that's come out this year like the best musical that's been made in i don't know how long mj and i just did an in-between show about it it's so good. Go listen to it and then go watch this movie. Yeah. I'd like, I mean, like, if you don't listen to it, just at least go watch the movie. Please go listen to the episode as well. But it's so good. Mm. It's such a great movie. It and... really is. Gosh. Yeah, man. I saw La La Land too. It's great. Uh, we did a full episode on it. Um, you'll hear it soon uh, in the next maybe week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Christmas Day, I watched a movie called Solace. Um, starring Anthony Hopkins and Colin Farrell for some reason. Hmm. Oh. Uh, there's a reason you haven't heard of it. Uh, Bad? Yeah, it's not great. Uh, okay. um, oh, that's not good. About, uh, so I can take solace and not have you yes, seen yes, it? Yes, yes, you can. Uh, so Negan Ryan. from The Walking Dead is a detective <laughs> who, a.k.a. the comedian from Watchmen, is the detective mm. who is on the case of a serial killer. And he has to enlist the help of an old detective from their department, played by Anthony Hopkins. OPS, the reason he needs to enlist his help is because he's got psychic powers. Actual, real-life, hard stance from the movie Psychic Powers. Not for one second does it make you think anything else. It, 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 go, it leans so hard into, this man is a psychic detective. Um Wow. <laughs> yep. And uh, he must track down this serial killer. And as he's tracking it down, he realizes that the serial killer is Colin Farrell. And Colin Farrell is also a psychic. Because, of course. Oh, snap. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know who directed this movie. Um, but it stars... Oh, uh, Carrie Mulligan is there, too. I think that's her name. Um, for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, it, oh man. Um, 
So here's the thing. Anthony Hopkins and Colin Farrell are two incredible actors, and yes. they elevate this thing to a, a level that it is not worthy of um, because of how good they are. They, uh, Especially Colin Farrell playing, you know, this kind of psychopath killer guy. Um, he's so great in the movie, and he really doesn't need to be. But he is committed, and he gives it his all, and I really appreciated that from him. Anthony Hopkins... Same deal, uh, which is cool because sometimes you get Anthony Hopkins in something and he is not, he was there strictly for some <laughs> drinking money. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor and two. He, <laughs> the Wolfman. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but he is on board with this movie. And the reason I found out he was so committed to it is because he was financially invested in it. He was the executive producer of this movie for some reason. But well, there you go. The visuals of this movie are hot garbage. It's one of the worst director movies I've seen all year. The plot is oh so straightforward and doesn't want to be. It's rebelling against itself the whole time. Mm. Uh, it's just a super annoying shaky cam the whole time for no reason. Um, it looks like the composition is stupid. It looks like a made-for-TV movie. He fills the frame with all this stupid religious imagery like it's so cheeseball and stupid mm. and it's really bad it's really bad um but those two brought it up to uh better than it should be i do not recommend seeing the movie mm. uh but it was the thing that i watched and then <laughs> i watched most of the thing which is great still um, and mm-hmm. then I saw La La Land, and it was incredible, and Corey and I recorded yeah, an episode it on it. I'm going to see it again on Saturday, yeah. uh, hopefully one more <laughs> yep, time while it's too. still in theaters. Nice. <laughs> uh, which is crazy, because I have so much top ten movie watching I have to do, um, and I have to get my top ten list in soon. But I'm choosing to watch La La Land three times instead. Um, hey, it's i got to see Fences at some point. Because um, I think that's it, as far as what I've been watching uh, I don't remember what I wa- what I said I watched on the last episode that we tried to record. So <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Uh, for me, I can think of one movie and one movie only, and that's literally up on your wall right now. Um, the, other, <laughs> the other, like last time I was at home, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen Jaws in a while, and you get subliminally messaged with get, it every time and, you come over. Yeah. To every week I see the Jaws poster. I'm like, I should probably watch that. Um, and last week I was just like, ah, eh, let's put it on. That movie still terrifies me. It's so good, man. And I've, yeah, it I've is. I've seen it so many times, and I know when things are coming, but it still freaks me out. And it's so well done. And this time seeing it, I picked up on things I didn't pick up on before because it had, it's literally been five seven years since i've seen it oh man yeah um and just like the beginning where you meet brody and his wife and just the way everything kind of just slowly sets up you you understand these people based on just their morning conversation and then getting into it like you understand who brody is there's no work to figure out his psychological makeup pack your car Um, in the yard yeah, and I love the interchange. And my favorite scene is the scene between him and his son after a couple pe- more people had died. Mm-hmm. And they're at the dinner table and oh, his man. son is mimicking mm-hmm. him. This is a small little intimate moment. But it just, to me, elevated the movie. And then the terror of this thing out there and the stupidity of the mayor. And, oh, it's <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> oh, it was terrifying. It was so well done. You say shark, and we got a problem on our hands. This <laughs> stupid anchor suit. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was my big thing last week, and it's oh, it's so good. Yeah, man. Oh gosh, I love that movie so much. I mean, it's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, um, yeah. understandably, rightfully oh, so. So good, and just mm-hmm. like the camera work in that movie is incredible. Yeah. Like the way he uses the people walking in front of the camera to wipe back and forth between the beach and Brody mm-hmm. right before that shark attack on the beach is so yeah. good. Oh my god, I forgot how terrifying that first attack is with the girl. Oh man, like. And her screams, like, oh, th- it, it was a little difficult yeah, to watch. I was it like, is. this is a little too... Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. That and the scene uh, when Quint gets eaten, the sound design in that scene is bananas. It's yeah. so yeah. good, but so gross. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah, his screaming and then uh, going into the belly of the beast. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, but man... Oh my gosh, Quinn's story about the USS Indianapolis is so good. Yeah. Oh yep. man. I love the song they sing. That's always yeah, yeah. been my second favorite scene is that song they sing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Richard Reifus is great in that movie. Oh, he's amazing. He's just like a little smartass. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. the yeah. only intelligent man on the beach other than Brody. who's was like, you idiots, that's not the shark. Yeah. No, there's the shark right there. Okay. <laughs> not going to be hot lunch for some shark. <laughs> What does he? What does he do with the book? I can't stand any of this abuse much longer. <laughs> They're all gonna die. <laughs> oh, also this guy. It's a tiger shark. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be a, a gif or something. something. Uh, yeah. that, that I bet guy, it is. The it's my <laughs> header image on Twitter. It's that guy. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's tigers. It's two animals. <laughs> that sounds mythological. Oh, so good. Anyways, but yeah, that's that's what I've been watching. I oh. I did not want to admit this, but I'll admit this now. I did pick up Suicide Squad, and upon further review, it's far more flawed than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> far more flawed. Well, than Ryan. I I think I watched it the first time with rose-colored glasses because that is a piece of crap movie. What? <laughs> wow. I still like it, and I'll, I'll, I'm proud to own it, but it's it's kind of garbage. Ryan, Ryan is in the acceptance stage Ooh. of uh, yeah, the grief process. Stages of grief. <laughs> I, I still need to watch the extended cut, but I can't imagine that's going to fix it. I have no sense. idea what they would fix in the extended uh, cut. I'll, I'll watch it, and I can report back on it next time. Oh, next wow. Episode. Oh, man. But, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> oh, it hurt to say. But it's true. Man, that's really funny, actually. Wow. There you are, ladies and gentlemen, from Ryan Buell. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I did not think that was going to happen. No. Just, I was sitting there watching it with Lisa, and I'm all pumped, and I was like, oh. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. Nope, nope. Oh, oh this is terrible. You're like, reality uh, is setting. I don't want to have to admit this over the air, but I have to be honest. Yep. Oh, man, that movie's so bad. Oh. Yeah. So bad. Everyone gets introduced three damn times, yeah. but I have no idea why they agreed to that go after her. That could have been so much better if the villain had been Joker, yeah. and they had just been sent to do that. They yeah. didn't need the supernatural element. Yep. They didn't need any of that, and the Enchantress was just 
as a terrible oh actress and the motivations and yeah, it was it was bad. And Jared Leto, ugh. yeah, it's uh, seeing him again. It wasn't that good. He does a lot of purring. Uh-oh. He does a lot of purring and and yeah, acting weird. It was Jared Leto just acting like the Joker. Yeah, it wasn't just oh the Joker. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, that movie does have one of my favorite shots of the entire year, and it's the only good moment to me in the movie. The hand switch. When the hand switch, when she turns into Enchantress, and the, the Enchantress's hand comes under the uh, normal woman's hand and interlocks, and it flips over, and then she's Enchantress. Yeah. I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? Like, that's competent filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Uh, it like I was like I can't believe I've never seen that before. It's such a super easy decision to show someone getting possessed. Uh-huh. It's I mean I thought that was really smart. It's the yeah. smartest decision he made in the whole movie. It's maybe two seconds long. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, but it's great. It's really great. Like I was yeah. like man, if this was in a horror movie that I really liked from this year, I would have been all over that. Mm-hmm. If it was in that Ouija movie, oh man, I would have been I I would have stood up and clapped. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sorry. Like, no, I, no, I feel kind of it's bad. It's okay. It's okay. Like I said, I, Ryan, I, do I need to go see it? That's that's yeah. the question. Do you need to go see it? No. Wait till <laughs> the good DC movies come out, like Wonder Woman and hopefully the Batman. Batman or Justice League, maybe. Um, I mean, yeah. like, even for the experience uh, of like seeing it, like, I be mean, a train wreck. To me, the I, only thing that was done really well, and the reason I liked it in the first place, was Harley Quinn. Yeah, she would be the only reason to see it. But just know the plot is messy. A lot of it, it's just like, well, this could have been cleaned up much more. Okay, we're we're doing this, and just some of the acting choices and the throwaway, literally throwaway character. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. uh it's. It's it's a hot mess. I, DC is still still trying to make it up, but it's 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 gonna take a while. I think Wonder Woman might do it. Yeah, I, I think so too. Good. I yeah. think so too. I think it looks better than Batman v Superman ever did. Yeah. Um, or Suicide Squad. But yeah, who man? Uh, <laughs> Corey, I would say the only way is watch it with some friends. Yeah. Uh, and maybe have some alcohol involved. Like, <laughs> not a lot. Uh, just just enough. We were like, okay. Yep. Yeah. I could sit down for. It's good to make fun of, but I don't. I don't know if I could sit through it again. Um, you said you almost walked out of the theater, right? Yeah, sure and did. You never do that. Yep. Uh, it would have been the first time. It, well, one I didn't because I had to do it for the show. But man, I really yeah. wanted to. Um, yeah. Um, before we move on, and I know we had a top five segment in this last time. Uh. And. We could do that, but I really want to take some time and talk about Carrie Fisher, um, I think, yes. and Debbie Reynolds, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, this hadn't happened when we recorded the last episode, not even the beginnings of it. So what happened nope. is uh, Carrie Fisher, the actress who is most famous for playing Princess Leia, um, had a heart attack on an airplane on Friday afternoon, and she was not breathing for 15 minutes. Mm. Um, they were able to rush her to a hospital as soon as they got touched, touched ground. Um, she was in the ICU in critical condition. And then she was taken off of critical condition, but not really put into stable condition until Sunday. And, uh, Tuesday morning, Monday morning, 
Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning she passed away mm-hmm. uh, at the age of 60. Uh, Wednesday morning, um, Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher's mother, was at her son's house planning Carrie's funeral. And she had a stroke and was rushed to the hospital and died by the end of the day. Um, so, you know, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds are kind of an iconic mother-daughter Hollywood pair. Um, they had some very public struggles together uh, that Carrie Fisher wrote a movie about, uh, or a book about, that was turned into a movie called Postcards from the Edge, just about what it was like having a showbiz mom and being forced into that world. And then, you know, Carrie obviously had a lot of struggles with addiction, and the reason she had mm-hmm. those struggles with addiction is... Uh, because she had a lot of mental health issues, um, but which is probably why she wasn't more successful um, throughout yeah. the 80s when she should have been like the hottest actress around because she had so much momentum from Star Wars. Mm. She was yeah. drinking a lot. She was doing a lot of drugs um, and just battle like using that to fill the hole of depression that she had. Yeah. Um, but she was also one of the top script doctors in Hollywood. Um, and so a script doctor is an, basically an uncredited writer on a movie. They don't go and rewrite whole chunks of the movie. They just go and, uh, edit out. They're, they basically come in and trim the fat off of scripts. So they would call Carrie in. She would come in. Uh, Tarantino does this all the time. There are so many movies that Tarantino has punched up, uh, and it, like down to animated movies all the way up through the most Tarantino emulator movies uh it's just something people do in hollywood that right um and carrie like <clears throat> there was one page that surfaced she was even do- script doctoring empire strikes back while they were filming it Damn. um she was re- oh, you can wow. see uh there's a page out there where you can see all these notes and scribbles she has of she basically rearranged her entire dialogue in certain scenes and as a result credit it like it, is contributed to how well that movie flows. Um, so, you know, Carrie Fisher was kind of a monster talent and no one really knew it. I feel like, Mm. um, so yeah, I mean, and then Debbie Reynolds, I mean, an an icon of those, those big studio musicals, uh, you know, she Mm -hmm. got her start in theater on Broadway and doing musicals and then is in probably my favorite movie musical of all time, singing in the rain. Um, you know, that mm-hmm. good morning, good morning sequence. So good. Um, and that was, she had no previous dancing or musical experience, uh, before she did that movie. She got it. Yeah. Sorry. My facts were a little off. She got into Broadway and theater acting through that movie. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, do you guys have anything to say about, uh, the loss of Carrie Fisher and her Debbie Reynolds? Cor, you want to go first? <clears throat> Yeah, I, you know, I don't have a ton to say, but, I mean, MJ laid out a lot of things very well. You know, these were two women who were very iconic in, you know, the sphere of acting and just Hollywood in general. And not even just as, like, actresses, like you have mentioned. There's just a lot of other things that they contributed to, uh, you know, like, just the film industry and definitely like they will be missed you know it was very it was very hard and it it was very sucky like you know i was actually traveling that day and you know to to see that it's like what carrie fisher died and then just like so closely after like you know what 
Yeah. Debbie Reynolds died? You know, like, it was just like, oh, man. So, yeah, I, they definitely will be missed. And, you know, with Carrie Fisher, it's even more sad to some degree because, you know, she wrote an autobiography, and she's basically, like, in the past, like, decade kind of been this champion for, you know, telling people to, like, get off drugs and, like, how rehab has helped her and, like, you know, fighting addictions and stuff. And it's just really sad to see, you know, it's just like she she did recover and like, you know, she was on a good trajectory. But just all the damage that, you know, all those addictions had have like done to her body, you know, just caught up with her. And it's just really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was sad to hear that I didn't actually know that her mother died in the same uh, the same week yep. uh, this week. Um, One day later. Yeah, I'm I'm sad to hear to see them they both die. Um, I uh, the nerd side of me wonders wasn't she supposed to be in the new? Uh, she had Star filmed Wars? everything for episode eight. Okay. Um, yeah. They're gonna have to rewrite nine, uh, yeah. which is fine because I don't think they're that far along yeah. on yet. Well, it's yeah. two years out, so. Well. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Uh. The the thing that really got me is last night I saw. People went to downtown Disney, and I think tonight people are going to the Alamo Draft House in Houston, and they're holding lightsaber vigils for her. And that was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Um, she also, Carrie Fisher also, was in one of the best episodes of 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's so funny in that episode. Um, and she was always, you know, I felt like Carrie Fisher was always really cool about all the star wars stuff more so than even yeah. Mark Hamill and han solo or mm-hmm. harrison ford yeah. Um, yeah you know i felt like she was always willing to acknowledge her participation in it she was really cool to the fans you know she was the only member of the cast to be in that movie fanboys mm-hmm. um she really yeah. embraced that she was part of something like that and i thought i always thought that was really cool of her mm-hmm. um you know uh, i think mark hamill really tried to get away from it uh, and I think Carrie Fisher time, did was yeah. able to get away from it too, you know? Like she was in when Harry met Sally and um oh gosh, I don't remember the other movie, but she was I in a couple of Blues Brothers. Yeah. Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um you know, and like her mom in her later years she was in a movie called Mother with Albert Brooks that's hilarious and then she was I think for a lot of our generation uh, she was the grandma from Halloween Town, the Disney Channel original movie. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's who she was to us. And then obviously her role in Singing in the Rain. It's just like, it's just a bummer. Um, and it's also kind of a weird reality we have to face. 2016 has obviously taken a lot of people from us. Um, yeah. Bowie and Rickman. And I mean, even in the world of sports, like... Muhammad Ali died. Like, he was a yeah. monster figure in that world. Uh, Kenny Baker, the guy who was in this R2-D2, um, he passed away this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Have Mark Hamill or anybody else responded yet to her death? or like? Gonna... Uh, Mark did. He put something on Facebook. Mm. Um, yeah. And he just, he called her, what, what did he call her? Space twin? His space twin or something? Mm. Um, which mm-hmm. was, I thought was funny. Um, you know, and then there's that quote, going around right now where she was doing an interview and she was talking about how george lucas told her she couldn't wear a bra under her leia robe there's no underwear in space because there's no underwear in space because 
you would expand, but your clothing wouldn't? Or your underwear wouldn't? Like, he gave her some weird reason, and basically he was saying that if she wore a bra in the vacuum of space, uh, it would strangle her. Um, and she was like, I've always, she was like, no matter how I go, this is a, th- this is a real thing she said in an interview. She said, no matter how I go, I would like this to be my epitaph. Um, she, what was it? She died, she died bathed in moonlight, strangled by her own bra. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so, and she had this dog with a hilarious tongue mm-hmm. um, yep. named Gary. Uh, and I really like it when dogs have people names. Yep. <laughs> um, so that was great. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. They're going to be missed like a whole lot. And, yeah. you know, uh, Carrie Fisher, especially, you know, it's obviously the whole situation is sad, but that woman means so much to so many people off of one character. Yeah. Um, and not just one character that was in a movie that we loved, but one character who's awesome in movies that we love. Like she's Mm -hmm. great in all three of those movies. Mm -hmm. Um, she's really funny. Uh, like she's got a really good sense of timing. Spunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she's real feisty. She doesn't put up with, you know, she doesn't suffer fools gladly, but she's still (laughs) able to, maintain kind of like this regalness about her um you know she she she's able to command respect because she is a princess and a general but she's also tough as nails and and you know um and she wasn't great in episode seven but like i liked where her character was in that movie Mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah i don't know it's just a real real bummer Mm -hmm. um Especially, you know, coming off of Rogue One and, uh, spoilers, I guess, she, uh, the character makes a CGI appearance at the end of, of the movie, um, Mm -hmm. and, like, I feel like, I haven't seen it since she passed away, but I feel like seeing it has a different meaning now. Yeah. 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 Um, especially given her one word that she's able to say at the end, you know. Yeah, Yeah, that's, uh... Yeah, um, and just the way that leads into the, you know, the fourth movie. Um, I don't know. It's just gonna it's gonna have a lot of weight to it from now on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, which is great, I think. But also, you know, the cost that we had to have that is a bummer. Um, but mm. a lot of our icons are getting to a certain age. You know, um, Stan Lee doesn't have too much more time left in him. That guy nope. is in his 90s uh 94 is... yesterday 94 or yesterday today. yeah oh my today goodness. or yesterday whenever yeah. The, we yeah um <clears throat> you know betty white she's 91 <laughs> um keith richards is somehow still alive because i think he might yeah. be a demon um, <laughs> but you know these guys are gonna start dropping like flies in the next couple years because yeah. of that and uh it's just a really weird time for that. Yeah. Um, of just like, you know, all your icons dropping. I mean, hell, Alf died to yesterday. Yeah, um, I saw that. Oh. Um, you know, the guy who wrote Watership Down died in the last two days. It's just... Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Uh, you know, while he wasn't necessarily an icon of that... I, I, or I would classify him as one, like... 
George Michael died really young. 53. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. That's not that old. Also, that is much younger than I would have figured George Michael was. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, Carrie Fisher was only 60. Uh, and so, it just, I don't know. I think a lot of those people around that age are going to... Um, they're gonna, we're going to see an increase in this, and I think we might have even more next year. Um, a lot of it is because they came up in an era of very hard drug use, and they kind of set an example for our generations of like, oh man, look what happened to them. And I feel like you don't hear about uh, rampant drug use amongst uh, famous people as much as you used to. You know, I feel like a lot of bands, you know, it was pretty rampant in, in the music industry, especially. I feel like a lot of yeah. bands now were like, we go, we do our show, and then we go play Settlers of Catan on the bus. Like, um, yeah, you know, like even my favorite band, the old 97s, they're like, eh, we go, we do our show, we drink during the show, and then we go back to the bus and we sleep and play Power Grid. <laughs> and, you know, I think I think they, they were able to set that example and now are unfortunately, you know, continuing to be able to. Um, you know, because I think mm -hmm. that the hard drug use does take a toll on your body. I mean, I know it yeah. does, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just a real bummer. Um, and we're going to miss her. And mm -hmm. I'm a little sad that she's not going to be able to be in episode nine. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Yeah. Can I just say, I feel super depressed now. <laughs> before and after show i mean i feel like we're getting bringing in, you down <laughs> we're, we're getting into the you know death comes with us all yeah Master gregory yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it does friend. which is true it's, it's, yeah Whew. yeah but yeah i mean it's, it's i need a shot of happiness anyone got some <laughs> it's one of those things but yeah i mean <laughs> carrie fisher Good and Debbie reynolds will both be missed uh yeah. Yeah. if you guys have not seen singing in the rain go seek it out Do it that. is or her, my favorite, Calamity, or uh, The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a classic of hers. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. Uh, go seek those out. Speaking of shots of happiness, man. Oh, gosh. Singing <laughs> in the rain. That puts me in a good mood no matter what. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. The Moses Tozes. Uh... The Moses supposes a roses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, so good. <laughs> So good. Gosh, I love that movie. If you haven't seen it, go seek that movie out. It's real good. Um, I've actually seen a couple people on my Facebook feed who have never seen it seeking it out because Debbie Reynolds died, and I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, go see La La Land. <laughs> um, yes. <clears throat> no death is tied to that, but still. <laughs> yep. Go see La La Land. Well, it's like people who are <laughs> like, I'm not usually into musicals, but I really like Singing in the Rain. And it's like, well, have I got a movie for you? <laughs> yeah, a um, spiritual successor. Exactly. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back to talk about uh, Rogue One, uh, Star Wars Story, Episode 3.5. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to talk about uh rogue one a star wars story rogue one a star wars story is a the first uh quote standalone um though i use the term loosely <laughs> film yes. in the star wars universe mm -hmm. um 
And it follows the group of people who were uh, in charge of receiving the plans for the Death Star that the Rebel forces use in Episode 4 to blow up the Death Star. And <clears throat> they're led by uh, this woman named Jen Urso, whose father, actually, Galen, is the architect of the Death Star. And, you know, we see her get... Uh, chased after and end up in prison and she gets busted out of prison by the rebellion and she has to go with a, a, a calcium deficiency what's his cassian. name cassian cassian uh, <laughs> calcium calcium <laughs> calcium <laughs> that's his new name i don't care what all right yeah <laughs> calcium endor uh yes <laughs> And, you know, he's he's a high-ranking official in the Rebel uh, community, and he is sent to um, kill her father, but that's kind of a secret, uh, and get the, the Death Star plans out of him that way. And uh, many much twisting and turning ensues, and they end up doing this basically suicide, literally suicide mission. To rescue yes. the plans from the Death Star. Um, that's basically it. It's directed by Gareth Edwards, the guy who did Godzilla in 2014. He also did an indie called Monsters. It stars Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, um, uh, Forrest Whitaker is in the mix. Uh, Alan Tudyk is there. Hmm. Uh, he plays K2SO, a yeah. droid who is a pilot, mm -hmm. who is not a leaf yes. on the wind, but also kind of is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Riz Ahmed's in it. Uh, Donnie Yen is in it. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, what did you guys think about Rogue One? Um, Ryan, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Uh, it did for me what Force Awakens did not. Yup. In that it gave me a really good Star Wars oh, story. Shots fired. <laughs> uh, it gave me a really good Star Wars story, but it did not rely on what came before it. It was its own movie. Definitely in the Star Wars universe, but doing things its own way. I mean, the movie opens without a crawl, mm -hmm. which I'm sure, you know, a lot of Star Wars fans were livid livid at, because it's, it it's not what's been done. Yeah. And I thought that was really ballsy, and I loved it. And yeah. I loved the characters. I loved Jen, her, her storyline. Um, I felt like each character, you, you got to know them just through their actions. They didn't really give backgrounds to every character. But you were given enough information to be like, okay, I understand who Donnie Yen's character is and the guy mm -hmm. that goes with him. I understand who Jen is and who, you know, Calcium HB or whatever. Um, <laughs> so you, you understand the characters and you get the plot, and it's a really good plot. I loved um, the mirror relationship between Jen and her father, how that kind of ties into the other Star Wars movies, mm -hmm. the theme of normally fathers and sons, and this one mother-daughter, so that, that family mm -hmm. kind of thing going with it. Uh, I will talk about probably one of my favorite scenes, I'm sure, in a little oh, bit, man. but overall, loved so it. It's <laughs> Now that Suicide Squad has been dethroned most handily, <laughs> it's probably my movie of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, I also loved it. I've seen it twice now. Um, I want to go back for a third helping. Real bad. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's the characters for me, man. I really liked all these characters, yeah. and I've seen criticisms about how these characters aren't the most fleshed out and i could not disagree more i feel like there's so yep. many 
character moments that inform who these people are. And yeah, you don't know every detail of their life since birth, but that's every character in every movie ever, unless you're watching freaking Boyhood. Specifically Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, yes. A New Hope, yeah. you don't get background on on Han or really mm-hmm. Leia. I mean, you get just verbal stuff, but yeah. you really don't get that much information. Going. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't like a character-driven piece. One, it's a story-driven piece, but two, it's a war heist kind of movie that's all about the ensemble. I don't know too much about the Ocean's Eleven gang either, but it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it's such a weird criticism that's completely wrong. And also, I feel like these characters are so well-informed. We get all these yes. beautiful character moments um, from just about every character. Um, you know, when Donnie Yen and, and the other guy, I think his name is Baze. Uh, yeah. You know, um, Chewit and, and Baze show up uh we immediately find out we're told that they're the guardians of the wills that should mean something to any kind of diehard star wars fan that is a problem with the movie it's maybe for the diehard star wars fans uh you know the wills are a very 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 obscure reference uh a very deep cut in star wars lore is who the wills are Uh, but if you know who the wills are you know who these guys are. You know what the Guardians of the Wills are. You know what their purpose is. You know kind of what their life probably is like. Jin, we get a sense of what her life is like. We know who she yes. is. Uh, Cassian, he gets so many moments where he's able to explain himself, you know. Uh, K2SO gets moments like that. I, I just don't understand that criticism at all. And so what happens is these characters are really good and they are very well fleshed out. Um, I will argue that tooth and nail. That is my huge argument point for the rest of the year is about the characters of this movie. But because you connect to them, you connect to this larger story. And the larger story is really, really good. But the three acts are great. But the connective tissue between them is garbage. Uh, And we'll talk more about that in a second when we get into specifics. Um, You know, the movie is really sloppy when it's not telling its main story. Um, But I gave a crap about those characters and where they were headed and where they eventually ended up so much that I was able to, like, it doesn't even matter Mm. that the the Mm in-between parts, you know, are just kind of grisly. But yeah, uh, Corey, what did you think? Yeah, you guys have articulated a lot of how I felt. I really love this movie. I've seen it twice now since we tried to record this like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I loved it more the second time. Yeah, some of the connective tissue, like you talked about MJ, was more noticeable the second time. I was like, oh yeah, like it it's kind of has a problem going from act to act. But the characters are so strong, just like you said, and I totally agree with you. The characters are so strong... And even though we don't get backstory for everybody, we get enough, like you mentioned, Ryan, so that when the character arcs happen, like, I feel like we went on a journey with them. Mm -hmm. I feel like when the significant scenes happen, so, like, when Chirrut dies and then, you know, Baze basically, like, you know, sees his friend die in his arms and then, like, you know, his dying sentiments are like, you know, I am a guardian of the will. And he, like, you know, he taps into that again. It's like, that's who I am. Or, you know... Jin and Cassian, when their arcs come to a close, like, it means something to me. I even got emotional when, like, K2SO, like, dies in that control room. I'm like, oh, man. oh dang. Like, 
he's a robot and you know like we you know like i've been with him for like two hours and i i care about him so it's just the movie did a really good job of giving me characters that i immediately cared about and connected with like i i love Jin. And, and this isn't a knock against Force Awakens, but there are some comparisons that have naturally happened. But I immediately was on board with her. I felt like way more connected, way more invested with her. And I did like the characters in Episode 7, but it took me a while. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like I had to marinate in the story. And there's some other, you know, clunky things that Episode 7 had to do before I actually really cared about the characters. But here, it was just, like, immediate. And I feel like... Force, uh, not Force Awakens. I feel like Rogue One does a really good job of being its own singular Star Wars movie, but then fitting into the overall continuity and actually strengthening it, which is a monumental task to do. Like this is a great like standalone film, but it knows that it's part of the Star Wars universe and everything that it brought, like even kind of the fan servicey stuff. I feel like just adds to the lore of star wars and just for all those reasons i just think it's incredible and i think it's way better than force awakens yeah it is by a mile it's so <laughs> much better it's like one of the top three star wars movies um it yeah. really is and like do you guys know who red letter media is mm-hmm. yes i do <sighs> all your right. favorite your favorite group of movie critics right mj yep so uh, apologies to you two now um my soapbox is coming out. Uh, it's all right. Bring it out, baby. Here, click. That's me buckling in. It's a strap <laughs> in, man. Red Letter Media is a... They're a YouTube channel that does film criticism, I guess. Um, in quotes. But yeah. Uh, they got famous off of their 90-minute, uh, quote, takedown of the of episode one. Um I don't know if you remember when that video was going around. Yeah. This guy was mm-hmm. before YouTube let you have like a super long video. So he released it in three parts. Um, and it was him talking all this like film theory stuff about how bad the Phantom Menace is. And then he did it again with uh, Attack of the Clones. And then he did it again with uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, And then from there they started reviewing current movies. They have a bunch of different kind of series that they do on there. Um, the problem with Red Letter Media is they're wrong about literally everything always 100% of the time. <laughs> uh, I never agree with them because they don't actually do criticism. They're just like hipster trash garbage people uh, uh. who shouldn't be allowed anywhere near movies because they should. I refuse to let them have any sort of enjoyment from them. Um, <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed near them. So they did a Rogue One episode. Oh, gosh. I'm going to read you guys some quotes from the uh the the red letter media rogue one um review because i was texting them to uh to mike moray (laughs) um (laughs) so it started with me saying watching the red letter media rogue one review and then sending that picture of the dog in the house that's on fire saying this is fine (laughs) um so first uh Saw Gerrera is a mentor to Jin after her father, Galen, is taken to 
uh, work on the Death Star again, and they go on adventures for a while, and then he abandons her, seemingly to protect her, but when he abandons her, he becomes this, like, almost Islamic extremist for the rebellion. Um, he's on their side, but, to, like, they don't really like associating with him because he's so extreme. Mm. Um, and he ends up dying in the movie because he finds hope in Jin. He sees the rebellion uh, and has, you know, takes solace in it and has faith that it, they're in good hands, uh, even without his extreme brand of justice for the Empire. Um, he believes in this little girl that he raised into this, you know, tough-as-nails woman. And it's a really great character moment. Um, you know, he shows her this hologram of her father, and her father tells her, you know, uh, that they... Uh, he put a fatal flaw in the Death Star, and we learn that's why, you know, the, the air vent is so easily accessible, um, but also very small. Um, and it's all intercut with the Death Star being used for the very first time, um, you know, to destroy mm -hmm. Jetta City and where they are. And he dies in the explosion while the others escape. And he just dies in comfort, knowing that, that you know, everything's going to work out. He, uh, he believes in the Force at this point. Um, and so these douchebags uh, said... Uh, well, why did Sagarera stay behind and die? He's fine. He can walk. He could have backed up Jin's hologram story because she gets on the uh, on the, the 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 ship with them and she's like, "Hey, I saw a hologram of my dad. He told me this." And they're like, "Well, how do we know? Do you have the hologram on you?" And she's like, mm, "No." Uh, so you just gotta believe me, and no one really believes her. Now the problem with that <laughs> is that he's super not fine mm -hmm. uh he is yeah. basically the rebellion's darth vader he's more machine than man at this point he even has a line about how he's more machine than man yeah um and then also uh he realized that his he didn't really have an existence and put his faith in the future of the rebellion in Jin and left the world at peace with that like yoda and Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's just good parallel storytelling. And then the... Oh, man. This is super frustrating. <laughs> Do you honestly think that if they... If he would have gotten on the ship with them, and she's like, I saw this hologram of my dad. He was saying stuff. That anyone... And then he was like, yeah, I showed it to her. Anyone would have believed that? He's an extremist to the rebellion. He brainwashed one other guy and left him with a psychological break just to get information out of him to confirm that he was who he said he was. Yeah. Like, there's no way they yeah. would take his word. Well, in the end, their problem wasn't with the fact that there might be... Um... Death Star plans there, it was the fact that this was an Imperial-held planet, and they didn't want to risk the ships. Yep. That's the reason they didn't go. Yeah. It wasn't because of the validity of her argument. It was like, no, that's like Nazi Germany. We're not going there. Yeah, like, we're gonna die. Yep. Oh, man. Gosh. Uh, uh, so then they did, like, how we would fix this movie, because uh, they didn't like oh, it. Oh, no. Um, and they said, pull out why all the... Why didn't they like it? Because they're idiots. Um, What's they, wrong with them? They're so bad. It's so bad, you guys. Go watch the whole video. It's crazy. I I, I can't. Yeah. Oh man. Ugh. I was. I listened to it at work, and I was like shaking. Um, pull out all the fan service. Rip out R two D two and C three P O. That was awkward and distracting. Here's the part that I hate. But of course, everybody it's applauded second. because it's like dangling a shiny object in front of a cat. 
screw you and your smug hipster bullcrap. Yeah. It I was hate... like 30 seconds, it's... if even that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they would have been there. Yep. Ugh. Uh, they should have had Saw go with her. They went back to the Saw going with her thing. They should have had Saw get on the ship yeah. with her because he was disillusioned, but then Jen Urso could say, hey, I'm grown now, and there is still something worth fighting for. He's not disillusioned. You don't <laughs> Show me a disillusioned extremist. They don't exist. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, uh, wow. It's, uh, the last thing they said is, uh, that I, I said was, it's a misfire, but it doesn't matter because it's going to please lots of bearded fat guys. What? Uh, which is the best because, one, they're not the skinniest men on the planet, but they built their YouTube career on complaining about the prequels to these same bearded fat guys because a lot of these same bearded fat guys also hate the prequels. Uh, so it's... Uh, uh, pretentious snobs and I hate them. Oh my god. That's what I say. What, what? Uh, they're the worst. Watch any of their videos and you'll just be like, why are you so wrong about this? Yeah. They're uh. for the same reason PewDiePie is popular. Yeah. <laughs> No darn good reason. Gosh, I hate them. I really, I, I, they make me like so upset so fast. Have you ever tried They're like everything wrong no. with film criticism. No, uh, I, uh, I make fun of them on Twitter a lot, but not to their faces. Um, I don't tag <laughs> them in anything. The other day, I was reading some really bad criticism all across the board the other day, and uh, I tagged, I didn't tag them in a tweet, but I was like, yeah, one of them. <laughs> Uh, I was like, I'm not going to name names, but one of them rhymes with Bedwetterpedia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I'm very public about my dislike for them, but mm. I've never really tried combating it because it's stupid. Film Crit Hulk wrote an article that was way off base too, but he's not a... He is, okay, he's super pretentious. But he uh, he's not like a hipster D-bag about it. No. Um, yeah, man. people are People are almost willingly... Like, purposefully incorrect about this movie for some reason. Mm. I just I yeah, don't understand had... not liking it. Because it's hip to hate yeah. pop culture. Don't you know? But it's but been, like, very divisive. Like, yeah. like, the Red Letter Media guys actually liked Force Awakens quite a bit. Wow. Derivative of the original. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> They're not like, hey, it's like a new hope, and they just changed all the characters, and it's the same thing. Like, what? They didn't say that? You yep. don't get to complain about fan service and, like, The Force Awakens. That's not a thing. If you love The yeah. Force Awakens, you're not allowed to complain about fan service ever again in anything. Because mm -hmm. that yep. movie was nothing but fan service. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. They're, an, they're a freaking menace. Uh, Phantom. Yeah, right? Ugh, oh. I hate them so much. Anyway, so uh, now that we've gotten like the big picture out of the way, uh, what are the specific things, you guys? I mean, obviously, the big one. Yeah. Darth Vader gets to wreck some fools at Amazing. the end of this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he gets on a ship and just starts going to town on a bunch of rebels, and it is super dope. Yep. It's so good. It's real good. That's real good. Scene. There's that, oh man, that part when he pins the dude to the ceiling and then yeah. he slices him in half. He's just like, screw you twice. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Haven't I suffered? A... Nope, not enough. <laughs> nope. This man. man trails crispy. So good. Oh. 
So good. What else did you guys like about it? Um, specific, like specific moments and. I this is Ryan. I loved uh, the scene with Darth Vader in the back to tank. Oh yeah. I love the kind of the menacing feel to mm-hmm. it. I didn't particularly care for the dialogue that followed it. Oh man. I thought yeah. Daniel Jones literally phoned that in. Um, and then the whole cheesy one-liner about don't choke on your ambition. Just, that was that was that was too fan servicey for me. Yeah, that was the worst uh, scene in the movie yeah. for me. I mean, the line itself was really fan servicey, and it was just wasn't delivered very well. Um, but uh, that that was a, I remember saying the Darth Vader scene's amazing. Um, yeah, that's, those are the, those are the ones I can think of. Right, it's been a few weeks since I've yeah. seen it, but I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, Corey, what about you? Uh, for me, all the stuff, well, I guess in particular, the scene with Jin and when she sees a hologram of her dad, man, felt like that was a very emotionally compelling scene that handled exposition in a really good way, and I really liked that. Um, and then another scene that I really liked was, like I mentioned earlier, uh, like, I love Donnie Yen's character, he's a super... Awesome. I loved seeing a Force user who wasn't a Jedi. Yeah. But just seeing, like, he was in tune with the Force, and, you know, it's like, oh, they, like, just how they fit into the whole Star Wars mythology, like we were talking about. I really liked that, and I really found his scene uh, when they're they're there on the beach, and they're kind of pinned down, and they have to hit the master switch so they can open up and get the transmission, and, you know, he goes out there and he's like, I'm one with the Force, Force is one with me, I'm one with the Force, Force is one with me. And just seeing, like, the faith that he has in that moment in the Force mm-hmm. and how, you know, he's able to hit the switch and then how that affects uh, the other guy's name. I keep forgetting his name. Baze? Uh, Baze, yeah. How that affects him and just, like, it's just such a, a tender but, like, gutting moment yeah. of, like... Oh dang! And how you know his friend is like always there, and like it really helps Baze to kind of remember his true identity. And I, I just really, I like that scene. And I just, I guess, a little bit more macro. I just like how the whole movie just had some gravitas to it. There was just like some weight, and I liked that it didn't like take you there, and then at the end kind of pull back. It just fully committed. It was just like. Oh, we see these incremental, like, different people on the team die. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you see the pilot die. And then you see, uh, I think, I think we see K2SO die next. And then you see Donnie Yen and Baze die. And then, you know, you kind of, you're like, oh, did Cassian die? And then Jin has her whole conflict. And then at the end, you know, we see them die together. And I just, I like that it didn't hold that back because it just makes everything way more impactful. And I just really appreciated that. Yeah, I agree. I also, I man, I love that scene between Jin and the hologram, uh, not Jim and the holograms, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jin and the hologram. Um, I I really like that scene because I really like that scene because I think that that the them cutting between that and the Death Star being used for the first time is really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I think that Mads Mikkelsen and Felicity Jones acted their butts off in that scene, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so powerful. Uh, and I really liked it. Man, I really liked it. Um, that whole last act is just, oh, man, it's a monster. It's yeah. so good. It's so compelling and good. Like, 
all the stuff that happens on Scarif is really, really good. Um, Film Crit Hulk had some issues with it. He did a rewrite, a quote-unquote rewrite of the scene where uh, Donnie Yen's character dies of that they should have had it. <clears throat> he's walking out and he's saying, uh, I'm one with the force, the force is one with me. I'm one with the force, the force is one with me. And he gets hit by a laser and he drops to his knees. And then he keeps saying, you know, I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. And he reaches his hand out and he uses the force to pull the switch to get the upload. Yeah. I like that. Mm. But I also like the idea of him having that faith and never really seeing the fruits of it. Because we know mm -hmm. it exists. We know that the Force is a thing. We know that the Force is real. We've seen it before. Um, you know, the movie doesn't exist in a vacuum. People are complaining about that, which is ridiculous. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Such a dumb criticism. But people are complaining that the movie <laughs> doesn't exist in a vacuum. So we, as the viewers, know how the Force can be. And we know yeah. that it's the Force protecting him as he's walking over there. You know, like, it's clear that the Force is still at work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really like that sequence. Um, just that final chase. I love that everyone dies in this movie. I know it's yep. really weird to say that, mm -hmm. but it's the only logical nope. conclusion. Um, yeah. I saw an interview with Gareth Edwards where I guess they had written an alternate ending. Not an alternate ending, but they had written an ending, like a bonus scene where... Not a bonus scene, but like they had written a scene where everyone was kind of fine, or at least Jin and, and uh, Cassian were fine, because they didn't think Disney would let them kill everyone. Mm -hmm. And he said that Disney never said anything about it. And uh, Wow. Yeah. And... Like, they had met with Kathleen Kennedy, and they were like, hey, should we keep them alive? And Kathleen Kennedy was like, um, no, have something written in case Disney comes at us, but this really is the only way it can happen. And so <laughs> so they went with that, and Disney never said, like, hey, maybe keep them alive. They were just like, yeah, you can murder everyone. <laughs> um, wow. I really liked when they were on Jetta that scene, the action scene in the... Uh, in the Jetta City, when Donnie Yen is just able to, like, wreck some stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so great. But then also, like, K2SO has a great moment in there where he... How did you know that was me? <laughs> did you yeah. know that was me? <laughs> of course. No, you didn't. So good. And then he, like, grabs that grenade from, like, yeah. the, the stormtrooper tosses a grenade and he just grabs it and throws it over his shoulder and blows up a couple more stormtroopers. So good. Classic. He's so good. He's yeah. such a good character. Man, uh, yeah, what uh, what didn't you like about it? Was there anything you didn't like? I know we touched on the stupid one-liner. Mm -hmm. uh, I really, really dislike that scene. Yeah. Um, I think some of the connective tissue, uh, like I said, yeah. the, the act breaks are really rough. I think that's where the, the reshoots show themselves the most. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, you, there's just several scenes where we get information two or three times and it's just like, yeah, we understand, like, I'm paying attention, man. Um, yeah. so it can be a little shoddy getting from like Jetta to the, the planet where Jin's father is and then from there to Scarif. But like I said, those things are all so freaking good that it doesn't matter. 
Um, but they yeah. are kind of garbage, and they're edited very, very poorly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you guys? What are what are some things you didn't like, if anything? Ryan. Uh, me. Uh, besides that scene with Darth Vader, the thing that let me down the most was the music. Mm. Um, and we had talked about this mm-hmm. in the debunked <laughs> episode. Um, it, the music was the music was fine. Like it was very much. It felt like music from like a New Hope, that kind of a style. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just wasn't as good as I thought it should be based on the trailers. I thought, oh, we're gonna get something that's got a different kind of a feel to it, and uh, it just was kind of eh. It, it worked, but it just it kind of let me down in yeah. that respect. So for me, that was a very small nitpick, but that was the big thing for me that I was like, hmm, change it. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, what about you? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was kind of like on the fence about the music, but, you know, the counterpoint to that is, you know, the guy who was supposed to score the film dropped out the last minute, and then yeah. Giacchino got pulled in, and he was like, hey, you've got four weeks to do this. So, so crazy. I... It's not it's not bad, but yeah, I definitely like the first time I watched it, Ryan, I like felt kind of similar. Like he'd he'd put motifs and themes from the other Star Wars films and then like he'd go like 75% of the way and then like pull them back and yeah. it just it felt it felt kind of weird, but my second <coughs> time watching it, I was kind of like you know, Giacchino is a great composer and I know there was a time constraint, but I still feel like some of these choices were more intentional. And again, because Rogue One is so different, and even like how you mentioned, Ryan, you're like, oh, there was no crawl. It was just like, immediately just like, bump, and like, That's here we are. Story. I think I think he was kind of like, maybe we need to have that difference, that separation in the Star Wars universe. And so, I don't know, the second time I watched it, I wasn't actually that bothered by the music. I was like, it works a little bit better for me. That's That's how mm-hmm. I felt. Yeah. So... Yeah, besides that, like you said, MJ, a lot of the the connective tissue, just getting between the acts, it's like you mentioned, I think that's where a lot of the reshoots happen. It's very apparent, like, at the the beginning of the film, it's like you had those longer sequences where it's like, you know, the first scene and they set it up and, you know, uh, what's-his-face, Tarkin, the other guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Ken, uh, uh, Kenner. No, Kenner's the people who made the Star Wars action figures. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. The guy in the flowy white Krennic. cape. Krennic, there he is. He's he's great. But, you know, he comes and he gets uh, uh, the Ursos and stuff. You know, it's very apparent. You can tell it's like, okay, that was a fully contained scene. But then the stuff that comes after it, probably for like the next five to ten minutes, they have to jump around so much. And it's a lot of that, like, how do we just get the train moving? And then you feel that in between, like, the different... the other different acts of the film, where it's very, like... I don't know. Because a whole story is very strong overall, like, it outweighs it, but you can definitely feel like, okay, so they have to move from here to here, and they didn't know exactly how to do it, and like you said, we kind of hear some information regurgitated, like, hey, we we heard that, like, two scenes ago... And so stuff like that, but those are like the only like nitpicks I really have. I feel like all the acting's really good. Yeah. I didn't feel like there was like a weak link. Like, oh, that person sucked. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. It was hard to like pinpoint problems. I don't understand people saying, oh, the characters aren't fleshed out enough. I just, I think that's a stupid argument. 
It really is. Um, one thing that this is kind of a nitpick. I really didn't like them using the older footage. Um, it was oh really, yeah, it was really jarring visually. Um, it's so obvious that it was shot on film, and yeah, it's old. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought that was like you could have just had the audio of like yeah, you see the outside of Red One and you hear like Red One checking in or whatever. You know, you didn't need to see them, and it you know it didn't completely take me out of the sequence. That sequence is super dope yeah. when they make the star destroyers run into each other. Yeah, but. It, like, I don't know. It just, uh, it was really jarring. Um, what did you guys think about the CGI Tarkin and Leia? Uh, they didn't bother me. I know that was a lot of people like, ooh, yeah. that's, that's weird. But to me, it was just like, oh, okay. They needed these guys in the story. Yeah. So there's really no other, the only other way to have done it would have been how they did the pilots is just cut and paste but even then that wouldn't have worked that would have been super weird yeah dialogue. yeah so to me it just was like oh okay yeah it wasn't wasn't the end of the world for me so yeah it didn't take me out of the movie really that much i was kind of like oh okay and even some of the people i saw it with who weren't like super diehard star wars fans you know they're just like oh yeah we like star wars they didn't even really notice like heavily that it was cgi until i told him i was like hey did you know that tarkin was not you know like a real actor and they're like what yeah and so i don't know for me i wasn't really like bothered by it i was just like okay like they have to do it like i didn't feel like it was done like you know poorly and it was there where it was necessary so yeah i didn't have a problem with it yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> it was it was fine. He didn't move right, and he was a little shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was, you know, it's it's some of the best looking stuff we've ever seen. Um, especially resurrecting a completely dead actor when we've seen it before. You know, Civil War had that earlier this year with Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Ant Man did it uh, with Michael Douglas. Uh, Ant Man is probably mm-hmm. my favorite use of it. I thought he looked incredible in it. Yeah. Um, but I think. You know, it. Uh, all this stuff is a process, you know? Not everything looks good when it first starts. Um, and so it's just going to get better, I think. Um, yeah, there's kind of maybe, and this is a separate episode, but there's kind of maybe a moral gray area for using the images of these people um, who are no longer around to really say, like, hey, I would like to be part of this, you know? Um, and, you know, they did go through Peter Cushing's estate and got them to sign off on using his image in the movie so they did go they did pursue the correct avenues but it's such new technology that the the argument is that maybe that wouldn't be the case necessarily yeah but i think that's a larger issue that's not really like it doesn't really matter in the context of the movie itself i think it works in the movie i think it's good uh you know it's not that much screen time for either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Leia, it's obviously looks a little bit better because she was still alive at the time. And so they were able to pull, yeah. you know, kind of almost composite her face uh, over younger pictures of her and the model that they brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Peter Cushing has such an iconic look, you know, just very sallow. Yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so it's it would be hard to find someone who looks like him because yeah. no one really looks like him yeah. also someone was mentioning that like 
that dude was a horror movie icon. He would have been loved coming back from the dead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, I didn't think it was as big of an issue as some people are making it. People are choosing that as the hill they are dying on with this movie. Yeah, really. And it's outrageous to me. Everyone stop being dumb about Rogue One and go see it. Um, that's my advice to you. But, yeah, do you guys have anything yeah. else to say about, about Rogue One, a Star Wars story? Yeah, it's amazing. What are you doing listening to this podcast? Pause, go watch it, then come back and finish the podcast. Yep. Also, yes. everyone dies, so yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, spoilers. Sorry you learned uh, that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say one last thing. We touched on it, but, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time. But the battle sequences are really thrilling. Yeah, they are. I was, I was enthralled the whole time I watched it. Gareth Edwards really understands how to, like, like scope. Like, from the Death Star to when they're, um, you know, on the beach and just, like, everything. It just felt like you're just really in it, and it just felt gritty and, like, hey, it's, like, actually a war movie in star wars and it, it's just really good i just thought the action was very well directed especially in that last whole sequence yeah i also i mean it's a really exciting movie and also yeah. we, we did talk about the vader scene where he just like owns fools mm-hmm. but that scene yes. where he stands at the like at the edge of the bridge as the getaway vehicle is leaving it makes the beginning of New Hope so much more powerful mm-hmm. because she's mm-hmm. like, I'm on a diplomatic mission from Alderaan, and he's just like, No, you're no, not. You're not. Bro. Like yeah. I saw <laughs> you. I literally watched you leave. I know yep. exactly where you were. Um. So I just I thought that was like really smart. Um. Yeah. And I think you know, uh, to bring it back to the stupid red letter media soapbox. And they just, they said that the last, quote, the last two minutes of this movie are embarrassing. And that makes no sense to me. Uh, what? One, because they're not. Um, but two, it Did just, it, con- it uh. connects to the larger story. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry that the, like, I'm sorry there are good storytelling principles. And it makes <laughs> the movie feel like a part in a larger saga. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry you like, I'm sorry you don't like something <laughs> that feels, that has a huge scope. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yep. Hate is oh, gonna hate, yo. Yep. So, yeah, yeah that's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I know it's a little <laughs> bit late, and I'm sorry about that, but uh, thank you for being patient. Um, we love you guys. Yes. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. I know Christmas is yeah. really fast, but uh, Merry Christmas anyway. Um, I hope it was great mm-hmm. for all of you guys listening. I hope it was great for uh, you two gentlemen. Yes, sir. Um, yes. Um, yeah, we'll be back uh, soonish. I don't know if we're taking a week off or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We'll be back to uh, to talk about something, and uh, you'll, you'll hear us then. In the meantime, go enjoy the new year with your family. We'll probably take a week mm-hmm. off. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening so much. It's another year in the books with the before and after show. Uh, yeah. I don't know how, but it keeps going. Uh, yeah. If you like us, share us with your friends. Let us know. Yes. Let them know. Tell people about <laughs> us. Make sure that, you know, they're getting good criticism in their lives and they're not relying entirely on Red Letter Media for their criticism. Yes. Um, But also, uh, let them seek out Red Letter Media if they want to. It's good to know the dissenting opinions so you can refute them. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, uh, we'll be back in the new year to talk about movies for another year, I hope. Um, Go see La La Land. Um, You can find my writing at wordofthenerd.com. Um, and the next couple weeks are about to get kind of hairy for me. I am doing so many top 10 lists. Uh, 
I am doing. Yeah. I'm participating in two um, top ten lists this year uh, collaboratively, and then I'm going to do a personal one on that realperspective.blogspot.com. That's that r-e-e-l perspective.blogspot.com and if you go there you'll find every episode of the show uh, everything we do on YouTube a little bit of writing from me Um, since I've been writing for Word of the Nerd I haven't been able to write over there as much as I would like to Um, hopefully I'll be able to strike that balance a little bit more in the new year um, you can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891. Mostly I just tweet about uh, what album I'm listening to at work that day. <laughs> um, but I'm over there doing stuff. Uh, and, yeah, you can find the show on Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Beyond Pod. if you're an Android user. That's an app in the Google Play Store. Um, you can find the YouTube show on YouTube. Just search the Before and After mm-hmm. Show. Hit subscribe on both of those things. Leave us yes, a five-star please. review on iTunes, please. Leave us a one-star review on iTunes if you want. Like, yeah. uh, leave us some sort of feedback. Let us know you're listening. We always love hearing from you guys. Um, Corey, do you have anything you want to plug? Nope, you got all of it. You can find me at Twitter, at CanTheHat49. Check me out on the YouTube channel. Uh, do the game space. Is I'm game probably space gonna... coming back in the new year? It... It is. It yes. is coming back in the new year. So doing that, I'm probably going to do a review of La La Land, too, just because yeah. I am in the throes of the hype. So, yeah. That makes sense. Ryan, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, bacon is always good in the morning. It really is. Not so yes, good it is. Uh... You, can local, you can always find me at your local Walmart. <laughs> You get a new job? <laughs> no. Just hanging out? Just hanging out at Walmart. A lot? I know you live across right. the street from it, but... I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> I'm going to go down the street to my local Walmart. Be like, Ryan, Ryan you paging Ryan Buell. <laughs> Challenge accepted, sir. That's so good. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for the Before and After Show. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Until next time, go watch La La Land. Go watch Rogue One. Go watch something at the theater. There's some good stuff out right now. Yeah. Prioritize those two, I would say. Uh, Um, Yep. And yeah, see you guys later. Bye. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>